and welcome to What's the Catcher with me, Bettina Campolucci Bordy. And me, Nikki Webster. Our podcast is all about sharing our passion for the things we eat, good food, and the people behind it. Which is why we're so pleased that our lovely sponsor is Doug Drinks. You can see it all for yourself at dougdrinks.com. And they have kindly given us an exclusive discount just for you, our lovely podcast listeners. If you enter the code WTFDUG10, you get 10% off all their milks. So let's meet this week's guest. Today we have the great pleasure of chatting to the wonderful Jeffrey Bowdy, plant-based wellness and nutrition advocate. Jeffrey wants to spread the message that plant-based can be easy, healthy and also budget-friendly. Jeffrey, thank you so much for joining us today. No worries, thanks for having me guys, looking forward to it. Fantastic. So um, I would like to know, how how did everything start for you? Um, we all have our own health journeys. Um, yeah. And how, how did everything start for you? That's a really interesting story. So I was growing up, I played a lot of sport, played a lot of football, rugby, tennis when I was in school. And obviously when you're a sportsman, Back in the day, you, you always think meat for protein, you know, milk for calcium, the typical things that you're, that you're told. Um, and then I came across a documentary, my, my sister mentioned a documentary in 2017 called What the Health, as I'm sure you guys have watched and probably yes. heard of. Um, and it was around the time I was kind of becoming a bit more open to exploring new ideas just about life. So the, I think the documentary really came to me at an interesting time because I watched it and overnight I completely transformed my diet. And bearing in mind I was a huge meat eater, you know three four eggs in the morning lean chicken breast in the afternoon you know fish like so much so many animal products it was really so a lot of cheese a lot of milk and I watched it and it kind of in many ways it really just flipped my kind of well, my belief as to you know how nutrition should operate or, or maybe me I, I started questioning whether you know the the habits that I'd adopted over years were actually mine um I do caveat this by, by also saying that, you know, I, I don't think that a lot of people should actually change their diet based on a documentary because they obviously are biased towards what they're trying to, you know, get across, which I completely understand. But yeah. for me, it then went into a process of really diving into the research. You know, I, I, firstly, I shifted overnight. So I was almost like trying it on myself as I was going along. And I'm very kind of, I'm, I'm a big learner. So I love, I love to learn. I love to read scientific papers. And I really developed a desire to start reading and learning about plant-based nutrition and how to optimize it for health, wellness and performance and not just removing animal products for, you know, from the perspective of animal welfare, for example. I really wanted mm. to still maintain a good level of training in the gym. I wanted to recover well. I wanted to be fit, healthy and strong. Um, so that kind of went really went down that rabbit hole and then started just making, you know, creating a few recipes and trying them out. And then I decided to start sharing them on social media and I wasn't really much of a, sh- a social media person before. In fact, I absolutely hated it. Yeah. Um, and then I just started to gain a bit of traction as I was kind of just sh- basically just sharing my learnings and my experience mm. and my journey with everyone in terms of what I was learning, the kinds of food that I was eating and what I was creating. Um, and then, yeah, I just really just grew like a real huge passion for it. Um, and here we are today, you know, still wanting to inspire people to see how they can optimize their diet by getting at least more plants in. But obviously, if you go fully plant based, that's great. And if you want to do that, I'm, I'm here to provide you with the tools as to how you can do that well and optimally. So you're going to continue to thrive in your life. So, so yeah, that's, that's how amazing. It how, how long ago was this? So this was in 2017, August 2017. So it's nearly five years now. Okay, amazing. but but thinking about this, how you're describing your previous diet, that yeah. must have been quite a shock to your system and a yeah, complete that, turnaround. How you're thinking, and how did yeah. you even go about that? 
Do you know what? I, I think for me, the, the documentary was really powerful in the sense that I felt like I now was able to regain control of how I was eating. And don't get me wrong, I could have maybe reduced my meat consumption, but I'm quite an all or nothing person. So I just want to just completely change. And, and maybe who knows what would have happened if I had got into two, three, four weeks and felt absolutely terrible. But because I dived into it with such like detail and I really wanted to get into the ins and outs of everything that I needed to make sure it was optimal, after two or three weeks, I was feeling amazing. You know, my sleep was better. I felt more energetic. I had a lot more like, clarity of mind was something that really came. I just was thinking a lot clearer as well. Um, my gut health, my digestion was very good. And I think the sleeping one was interesting because I'd always get sort of around seven, eight hours of sleep every night. But I just felt really tired every time I woke up in the morning. But when I, as soon as I removed the animal products from my diet, I was literally jumping out of bed before my alarm. I had so much energy. And whilst that is anecdotal to me, that is something that I have heard other people, um, you know, speak on and, and, and experience themselves. So, and yeah, in three a, weeks? That's, this was in three that's weeks, amazing. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so, incredible. Yeah, really interesting real tangible notice uh, noticeable kind of changes that I was experiencing and I thought let me just continue with this and you know five years later here we are yeah so so you talked about the documentary that changed your life you're seeing all these amazing health benefits after after three weeks so is that what really inspired you to sort of spread the message further yeah because I think I think people one thing that I noticed as well and it's funny because around about four or four years or so someone had mentioned to me that they were going vegan and I just could not get my head around it at all I was just like where would I get my protein I, would, I, I literally said I would waste away um, but then when you start showing people the the food that you're actually able to eat which contains enough protein and all the macronutrients and micronutrients that you need to actually live a healthy lifestyle people then start to maybe buy into it a little bit I think they just need to just see the food you know it's been marketed to us for so long that we need meat and meat is optimal and this and that and you know, admittedly, people who eat meat that, you know, you don't absolutely have to be 100% vegan to live a healthy lifestyle. It's, I think if you live a, a plant focused lifestyle, you're going to be very healthy. And those minute differences, you know, we're not too sure how they stack up. But, you know, just people seeing the food and really, really getting the, the feedback on the food. I think that was what continued to inspire me um, to start sharing with people because I, I felt like I was learning so much and I wanted to just put mm. that out there for other people as well. We've already felt the same, didn't yeah. we, Tina? Pardon? We've already felt the same, didn't we, in terms of our yeah, sort of yeah, definitely. Journey. It's sort of it. Yeah, I guess when you start sharing, more mm. and more people sort of get on board. So yeah. your your blog is called Wealth of Health. I yes. like that name. Yes. Very very nice, and <laughs> it's about vegan recipes and nutrition. Yeah. Um, we've talked a little bit about your ethos, but what is the ethos and sort of. Um, background to the recipes that you are sharing other than so, other than being vegan yeah so again I think from my perspective as I, I'd grown up uh, with a sporting background I played you know low-level professional football and semi-professional football in the UK and I've been abroad and played and I'd always with the limited knowledge that I had about nutrition I always wanted to still I always thought I was doing the best from an athletic perspective so yeah lots of protein and you know protein powders and supplements and sweet potato broccoli and brown Mm. rice and things like that so the the shift that I made I really wanted to still have that focus but also make the food look appealing Um, you know I'm someone who maybe has a little bit of OCD in terms of how I want things to be neat and tidy so I think that also translates to my food as well and I think if it looks better it probably appeals to people more so 
I think just the visual element, but also, yeah, just wanting to maintain health, wellness and performance. And I think I've, I've got that as a, as a tagline on my website and just making sure that people know that when they come here, you know, you're going to be seeing some quality vegan food, but there's also going to be blog posts that you can read about the nutritional value of certain foods that you're going to be getting into your diet um, and just allowing people to adopt it in that way. So it's, it's a real health focus for, for me. Yeah, I mean, I certainly agree. I think, you know, you have to make food look amazing first, don't you? Yeah. I mean, if, if, if the food's looking grey and sad and boring, <laughs> whether it's, you know, vegetable-based or, or meat-based, it's not going to be that inspiring. Yeah. So I can completely agree with that. Um, so what would be your top tip in terms of getting that extra nutrition and vegetables and, you know, all the good things into your diet? Top tip for me, I'd say just focus on diversity because the, the thing is that when you shift to a new diet, you tend to maybe go towards a lot of the foods that you might be quite comfortable with. But we're now seeing that in terms from a gut health perspective, getting a multitude of plants into your diet across the week, 30 to 40 would be a good start. You know, loads of different um, fruits, nuts, vegetables, seeds, legumes, whole grains, just getting a wide range of foods across the board. And I think that was one of the things that I really started to see in, in terms of that. When I shifted to the lifestyle, I thought, you know, many, many people would maybe think that it's you're going to operate from a position of lack. But actually, if you really broaden your scope and see mm. the amount of foods that are out there, there are so many plant foods that you can get into your diet. So it's all about that diversity, getting as many different plant foods into your diet as you can. Um, and that will set you up for success. What do, you, what do you think, Bettina? What's your top tip for a... Um, I think... I think getting as much diversity as possible, um, as cheesy as it sounds, eating the rainbow. Yeah. I think um, subscribing to VegBox is something that Nikki and I both uh, believe fun. in. Yeah. And mm. you sort of, you tick the sustainability uh, and, and local uh, aspect yeah. of things. And also you've got so much choice now in terms of choosing a veg box from different price ranges. Yeah. I think what's really interesting about um, reading through your your blog and your social media posts is that uh, including more plant-based ingredients into your diet doesn't have to break the bank and i yeah. think um veganism and those type of products is uh, associated with being um expensive so yeah. or can be certainly yeah it yeah. definitely can be i th i always say that you know going into i'm not going to mention some well-known supermarkets here <laughs> but you leave you leave with two bags and it's like you're in the hundreds of pounds yeah. um so what would be your top tip in terms of people who think that eating more plant-based automatically means that it's more expensive um what would you say three things that people can sort of do that doesn't break the bank so I'd say the first thing, if you're looking to avoid breaking the bank, is focus on whole foods and I guess get, in, get into the mindset of cooking from scratch. Because cooking from scratch, whether you eat plant-based or you have animal products, is going to be cost-effective mm. if you pick the right ingredients. And if we're thinking about plant-based foods, like some of the most common ones, sweet potato, beans, lentils, you know, brown rice, wild rice, buckwheat, these aren't expensive foods. Mm. These are very, very cost-effective foods. And if you cook them in bulk and you have them across the week, you're really gonna be able to save yourself some money. So making sure that you focus, get that focus away from the convenience element and you know, stick into the whole foods. Um, and then fo following on from that, minimizing the, I guess the vegan processed products like your Beyond Meats yeah. and your vegan ice creams and those yeah. types of foods. The reason why they're so expensive at the moment in comparison with their animal-based counterparts is really supply and demand. Mm. There isn't a, the market really for it as of yet, even though it's growing, it's not there as of yet. Um, maybe in five, 10, 20 years down the line, 
you know, more people with vegan. So that, that demand increases. So then those companies can reduce the price somewhat. But you're going to be spending a lot of money if you're going for, you know, the Beyond Meats. And as I mentioned, the vegan ice creams and the yogurts. And sorry, go on. No, and they're probably the most, not, well, I, don't I say it, probably not necessarily the most healthy either, well, are they? They're not, they're not, exactly. And I think that's the, that's the key. I, I always want to, want to encourage people to lean towards these whole foods over the, the processed vegan products because they're just bound to be more healthy. And if you really want to thrive, going down that road is probably your best option. But Jeffrey, how do we do that? How do we do that? That's a good question. So again, I think, you know, we live in a convenience culture. You know, there's convenience shops all over the, all over the place, fast food. I think we really need to get back to basics and just start cooking food. And it doesn't have to be complicated. You know, it can literally just be getting a handful of recipes under your belt. Um, really easy recipes as well. One of the easiest recipes that I still make to this day is a lentil bolognese. And that's probably one of my go-tos as well. It's just so easy. It's so like... You essentially just make, uh, if you're making the beef bolognese, you sort the beef out and you use lentils. And then you can add celery and carrots and spinach, a nice tomato sauce, get some spices in there and you're good to go. And that's really easy. And once you start getting comfortable with those recipes, you can then start to branch out and maybe explore some other options. You know, maybe go to the supermarket, pick up something different that you've not used before. Um, so just cooking. I think really cooking is the real key ingredient here, making sure that you even just get like a basic level of comfort with with your kitchen can really go a long way. It's developing your little repertoire, isn't it? Mm. Once you've got you know you like a few core meals down, exactly, and the process, then you can expand from there. Exactly yeah. that bulk cooking as well. Yeah, yes. Um, if you're, I, I find that a lot of people, uh, I find this quite interesting that um, I totally agree with you that we should cook more, mm. but some people then turn around and go, I actually don't like cooking. <laughs> so, you, you know, yeah. that's, that it, it's sort of this double-edged sword. Or I but, can't cook. That's or one. can't cook. Yeah. But I think with people that don't enjoy cooking, if you can do it once, twice or three times a week instead of seven days a week and you bulk cook and you sort of mm. don't mind eating sort of yeah. similar foods, then, yeah. then that's a really good option as well. But I also think maybe people say that they don't like cooking because they maybe haven't got the, the skills or the experience and they mm. don't, because you naturally, if you could cook, you'd find that you enjoy it. Yeah. I, I feel like yeah. we all innately have this, you know, this enjoyment when we go through the process of getting ingredients from scratch and then pulling them into a meal that you know you've created. It's very empowering, mm. I think. Yeah. I think once you get that, I'm sure people have cooked maybe once and it just went wrong and then they just thought, you know, you know I either can't cook or I don't like it. But, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. You have to, I wasn't the best when I started. I was actually, I mean, I, I remember I did a post a few months back just, you know, looking at the process of where I was in 2017 mm. to where I am now. And my food is completely different in terms of my experience in the kitchen, spice combinations. So it just takes time. It does. It does take time. Yeah, it does. Absolutely. And it's all an evolution, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. So um, we, we were extremely interested in your blog. And one of the yeah. things you talk about is maybe sort of cultural stereotypes, yeah. especially in relation to veganism. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Because that's fascinating. So I think from, a, from, a, from the perspective of the black community, they would p potentially see veganism as like a, maybe a middle class thing, you know, maybe white women going to yoga with green juices and things like that. It's, it's that very much like a pigeonhole and maybe that leads them to believe that, oh, that's not for me. But it couldn't be more wrong. Because if you think about um, historically, and I've done a lot of research into, you know, certain grains and plant foods that came out of Africa. Africa had a very, you know, plant-centric diet. You look, a lot mm. of, you look at a lot of the 
ancient grains, teff, sorghum, mm. millet, fonio. You know, these are all from areas within Africa. And then you've got tubers, you've got yam, potato, and then greens and plantain. These are all foods that have had rich history in, in African countries. So, you know, I think we went away from that when, um, you know, capitalism brought in farming practices and then the meat, uh, meat production and meat consumption increased. I think we just, in, particularly in African culture, we eat way too much meat than what, we're really, what we really need to with not mm. enough vegetables at all. Um, and then you can only... You what know, drives that, do you think? I think, again, people think it's culture. And obviously, I'm not saying that, you know, uh, African culture did not include meat whatsoever, but it was included on a special occasion. You know, um, it wasn't just like an everyday thing, just eating animal products constantly. Um, and it's funny because, you know, a lot of the major chronic diseases, black people have higher rates of than, than their other counterparts in Hispanic mm. and, and Caucasian. So whether that's a dietary issue, I'm sure that's, you know, probably linked to, you know, diet and also lack of movement and things like that. But yeah, so I think it's, it's, it's opening up now. I'm seeing a lot more people within the black community, particularly in America, you know, mm. really going back to their roots. And there are a couple of key movies that I've watched and I'd recommend. So one of them is called The Invisible Vegan. Mm. which is by a lady who looks at, again, the as I was talking about, the stereotypes within black culture about plant-based food mm. and how it's now changing and, and, you know, where our diets kind of really originated from. Um, and there's another one called Soul Food Junkies, which looks at, you know, quite a similar a similar aspects of it. So, so yeah, it's really interesting. And again, it's, it's people probably see me as a black man putting out, you know, plant-based food content. It might, be, it might shock a few people because it's not mm. the norm, but I think it's slowly starting to change. Yeah, I definitely think it's slowly starting to change. And, you know, I think there needs to be more diversity and more availability. And also um, the, the what you were talking about in terms of um, how we used to eat anciently. I think mm. if we look, not just Africa, if we look at South America and even in the UK, yeah. like millet is one of my favorite yeah, grains. 100%. Yeah. And people people call it budgie food because it's what you feed your parrots with. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know whether I'm convinced by millet. <laughs> I, you know, it's, it's, cook it's, me some millet. Pardon? Cook me some millet. I'll cook you some millet. Yeah, great. But you know, millet's great. I love uh, millet. And, 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 you know, it's actually, a, it's actually not a grain. It's a seed. Yes. Um, yeah, and, yeah. As, as is quinoa and mm. as is uh, as is buckwheat and teff mm-hmm. is also one of my favorite um, yeah. ingredients. Yeah, Fonio is amazing. Yeah. Um, all of these incredible ingredients that you know are beyond our, our normal sort of grains, such as wheat and um, those type of things. Yeah. Um, Again, it's just a bit of fear, isn't it? People just don't know what to do with it. They don't know what to do with it. I think it's about bringing back all these old traditions back and seeing animal-based products such as um i I think also meat is um looked upon as wealth yes and and because we and you know because this was a treat uh in the olden days Mm, yeah it's just so much more available and from a price point of view the price has gone down when it comes to factory farming Mm -hmm. um and through throughout cultures, that consumption has just increased because it's just much more available to us. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. But kind of now is the time because of all the you know the issues with food costs. We need to be reassessing all of these. Yeah, yeah definitely reassess and also um, tap into 
incredible ingredients that don't cost a lot, like yeah. millet, for example. You can use that in porridge. I do a very, very good millet porridge. I've yeah, not yeah. tried millet um, porridge. This is, I, need, I, need to, I need to have it. Yeah, you can yeah. use it as tef, a... Teff porridge is another yeah. good one as well. Yeah. I made some uh, teff porridge yesterday. Yeah. I've not had teff porridge. Very nice. That's, oh, amazing. Yeah. Add, add, add some mashed banana in there, get some cinnamon, oh, get some yeah. berries, nuts and seeds on top. Yeah. It's good. Very good. Although I've got to note that you do love oats as well, which I do. You know, I, I, am, I am a huge oats fan. I can myself. talk about I can talk about oats forever. <laughs> yeah, so can Nikki. I yeah, I, I mean, I have to have oats every day. I can't. Yeah, same. You know, I can't, yeah, same. I, I'm obsessed. I have done for maybe the last twenty years. Yeah, I'll be the same. Yeah, I'll yeah. Be, it'll be it'll be twenty sixty five, and I'll still be eating oats every yeah. morning. <laughs> I, I really think it helps to maintain your health. Yeah, it does. Hundred percent. I couldn't agree more. And I think one thing I really like about it is the fact that it's cost effective as well. It's really cheap. It's really cheap, really filling, yeah. really healthy. It's, yeah. I'm, I'm a huge fan. Good you can have it mirrors. hot, you can have it yeah. cold. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's a million options. What I like about it is it's essentially a blank canvas. I mean, the taste of oats by itself isn't the absolute greatest. I mean, it's okay. But what I tend to do is I'll put maybe some mashed banana in there. I'll put some maca powder, some cinnamon, and then I'll top it with berries, whether it's blueberries or strawberries. Get some nuts and seeds in there. Get some walnuts, pumpkin seeds, hemp seeds. It's a blank canvas. You can do whatever you want with it. So I, I literally have these containers in my kitchen where I have like a hemp seeds, pumpkin seeds, flax seeds. So I'll just like every morning, I'll just put something different on there. And it just makes it exciting. Put some cacao in there as well. Yeah, delicious. Yeah. Do you know what I, I tend to do? I sometimes have the triple oat. So I'll have oats, oat milk and oat yogurt. Wow. <laughs> the triple, the, the the triple, triple threat. The, the triple, triple threat. Yeah. I love it. I love that. I might um, have to give that a go. Yeah, you've I recommend got, it. You've got an ebook with yes. lots of recipes. So how does one get hold of your ebook? So my Eat More Plants ebook is on my website. Um, yeah. It's on the Wealth Health. It's on the store there. And I also recently put out a oatmeal ebook because I made some oatmeal recipes in over like the course of a week. So it's mm. almost like seven days of oats. Um, and I made a post about it and it was, you know, people kind of liked it and they were like, oh, you know, can we get the recipes? And I just thought, why not just create an ebook and just give it to the community for free? Mm. Um, and then, yeah, I just gave it, gave it to the community for free and everyone loved it and they've just been sharing the recipes. There's a particular one on there, uh, turmeric golden oats, which people have been liking. So getting nice. turmeric in there, turning it orange, getting some raspberries, flax seeds and chia seeds on there. Gorgeous. Um, yeah that's been uh, that's been received well so and i'm really glad you know people I, I just want people to understand that oatmeal was one of the easiest swaps you can make in your diet to, to eating a healthy breakfast making sure that you pair it with i always tend to put plant protein in there as well and a good source of fat just to make it really rounded um and as i said it's a blank canvas you can do whatever you want with it berries nuts seeds yeah. just just do whatever you want gorgeous i love it how this is a big question this is this yeah. is a big one so you have yeah. to think about this <laughs> how um how can we all become healthier Okay, so the way I see it is that I think people like broadly know, broadly speaking, know what to do when it comes to being healthier, eating less processed foods, moving the body a little bit more, managing their stress. I think the, the problem is, is that people try to do everything at once. You know, there are so many people who want to maybe go healthier and want to shift to a healthy lifestyle, whether that be plant-based or otherwise, but they try and do everything at once. Yeah. I'll look at it, I look at it like this. If you think about a baseball game, right? you don't necessarily need to hit a home run to win the baseball match. You can just hit, you know, get to first base, get to second base, get to third base, and then you can eventually rack up enough runs to win the baseball match. That's the way that I see shifting to a plant-based diet or shifting to a healthy lifestyle. It's very small incremental steps that you just need to make to stack up those habits to succeed over time. And whether that be making, you know, a switch to 
one day a week plant-based or even just one meal a day, one meal a week plant-based you start off with a bowl of oatmeal or you maybe make a lentil bolognese or maybe you shift you know you swap out um you know diet coke or whatever it is for water it's just making those small changes that are going to stack up over time because that makes it more sustainable and when people shift they try and do everything all at once it just it's, it's going to be a house of cards it will all fall down so as I always say, just making just making sure that you take those little mean, you know those those steps that are gonna that eventually stack up over time. That's the best way to that's the best way to do it. And essentially, and I think, as I said, we kind of know broadly what we need to do. And maybe there's a I don't like having to see you know people go through a period of suffering for that to create change. You know whether it's ill health or something along those lines. And why not try and get ahead of the curve? You know, one. I don't think many people nowadays truly know how it feels to you know feel really vital, feel really healthy. Mm. But we know what to do. You know, we we know what we really should be doing. So it's just a case of trying to exercise that discipline, getting in community with others who want to succeed in the same way. Because I know it's always quite difficult where you know you've got a group of friends and one of them maybe wants to live a healthy life, sort of want to do something beneficial, and then the others will pull them back in. You know, that crabs in a bucket analogy. So getting into community with people is always a really good idea, and then you can just do it together because you know together we're always stronger as in, uh, as a as community. So, so yeah, those are the things that I would say. Um, small steps. Small steps. Small steps is the is the biggest one for me. Take those small steps, stack them up, and it doesn't matter how long it takes. You know, focus on the process as opposed to the end goal. You know, and I think that goes for everything that you're trying to trying to achieve in life. You can always try and focus on the end goal. If you don't see it as quickly as you want you might just end up falling off and going back to what you feel comfortable with. But trying to find a way to enjoy the process is the best way, I think. Absolutely. I think that there's so much um, wisdom in, in, in what you've just said. Um, I have a question that I get a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I know what I usually say. Um, <laughs> and, from, well, basically from running loads of retreats and, yeah. and people usually come for seven days. Mm. Uh, some people are not vegan and they go sort of nosedive into a plant-based diet for mm. a full week. Yeah. Um, obviously, one of the questions that pop up is how do you get your protein? And I guess yeah. from an athletic point of view and background... Um, what do you what do you say to people when you get that question? And especially when it comes to exercise, because I find that people will accept it if it's mm. just sort of normal life. Yeah. But the bounce back is, well, I'm exercising loads, therefore mm. I need loads of more protein. Yeah. That is true to a degree. Um, I think the real if if you know people are worried about get, getting enough protein because they're training, just throw a plant pro just throw a protein powder in there. You know, mm. protein powder is synonymous amongst the training kind of community whether you're plant-based or not you know if you want just that bit of extra protein you know 40 50 grams of protein powder a day is a really easy way to help meet your goals but if you're trying to keep it to whole foods then i think a question that i would maybe go back to a lot of people is okay so how much protein do you actually need mm. and not many people actually know that that answered that question you know we're always told you know more protein more protein more protein but we don't actually how don't actually know how much is optimal you know mm. so again it's a case of just seeing the, the protein rich foods that are out there from a plant-based standpoint tofu tempeh those are tempeh is the, probably the best one in terms of uh, the amount of protein per 100 grams i think you've got like 30 odd or something like that yeah. if you get that if you get that in a buddha bowl with like quinoa and things like that you can easily get 40 50 grams of protein in a meal very comfortably tofu is the same um, pulses but yeah, lentils, beans, chickpeas, you know, black, there's a million types of beans. Like there's so many to reel off. 
Um, again, the protein powder in there, quinoa, decent amount of protein, and then you know other grains, teff, buckwheat, as we, as we spoke about, those have got a decent amount of protein. Seitan as well is another one if you want to make that. That's got you know really high protein for relatively low calories as well, which is which is good. So yeah, I think there's there's so many ways in which you could do it and. And again, you know, people maybe overestimate how much we need. You know, there's there's papers out there that look up. It's not much between, at all, really, is yeah, it? Yeah. Well, between one point six, I, th- I think the overall RDA for every day, for the for the everyday individual, is probably quite low. I think it's like 0.8 grams per mm. kilo of body weight. I think that's a little bit low. I think that should be more around one point two because you know we do know the importance of protein as you age in terms of you know sarcopenia and osteoporosis and you know bone density and and just general overall health. Um, but for athletes, you know, we've looked at between 1.6 grams and 2.2 grams per kilogram of body weight. So for mm. me, as someone who weighs around 90 kilograms, I probably would be looking at around, I don't know, 140, 150 grams of protein a day, which is, I get very, very comfortably. Mm. So if you think of in the morning, I'll have my oats, I'll have my protein oats, put hemp seeds on there, pumpkin seeds, that's easily 50, 60 grams of protein. Then for lunch, you know, I could have a lentil bolognese and I'll use, um, sort of like a legume pasta that's another one so chickpea pasta lentil that's pasta, a good idea. Green, mm. green pea pasta yeah these are really high in protein much more than your average pastas um so that will easily be another 40 grams 45 grams and then if i wanted to have maybe a protein bar as a snack during the day i could do that and then for dinner i might have like a tempeh butter bowl so i have tempeh quinoa maybe some beans in there some broccoli some avocado easily another 50 grams so yeah across the day that's really easy really easy and it's, I quite like to sort of just make, I'm obsessed, and one, another one of my obsessions is, of course, the flatbread. Yeah. But, but if you use, you know, gram flour, or you can like blitz up some quinoa or mm. buckwheat, that all really helps as well. So if you do yeah. want bread, you can incorporate some protein in yeah. there as well. Yeah, exactly. What's your go-to meal? Actually, I'm going to split that yeah. question into two. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you what's your go-to meal, and mm-hmm. then... Well, I'll, I'll ask you a few more questions in terms of food. <laughs> okay, <laughs> cool. So, go-to meal. I mean, I have a few. I mean, it depends tell us, on... What... Tell us the few. We know that you like the quinoa bolognese. Oh, uh, yes. The lentil yeah. bolognese. Oh, yeah. yeah. So le- lentil... Oh, put it wrong. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, probably go-to if I'm thinking... If I'm maybe going to encourage someone to move towards what kind of recipes they can get, I'd probably say lentil bolognese, just because it's so easy. And lentils are a great way to, if you're, if you're removing meat from your diet, lentils are a great addition to get back in there in terms of their mineral content, protein content, similarly um, comparable to meat in that regard, if you, if you get the right kind of right blend. So yeah, lentil bolognese and adding like a, um, a, a chickpea pasta or a lentil pasta or something like that to increase your protein content as well. I have another meal that I really like, which is um, a creamy cashew pasta. I saw that nice. on my Instagram. So you, you know, boil your pasta as normal and then make a sauce from soaked cashews, basil, olive oil, garlic, nutritional yeast. Get that in there and add some uh, sautéed kale and cherry tomatoes. That's one of my favourites. Absolutely love that one. Um, and then, yeah, I'd probably just say a simple bowl of oatmeal. Good go-to. Very easy. Again, you can blank canvas. You can do whatever you want with it. I typically tend to put a plant protein powder, which I'll use a fermented pea and hemp protein. Mm-hmm. Um and then I'll get some, mostly, most of the time it's blueberries, but occasionally I'll, you know, get into like strawberries and raspberries, but blueberries are really my go-to. Hemp seeds, again, really mineral rich, zinc, magnesium, decent, you know, decent source of protein as well. Um, and pumpkin seeds, I love them as well. So I'd, I'd say those are my three go-tos. 
that sounds great. What about um, what about a special occasion though? If you're really special pushing occasion. the boat out, okay. cheap, cheap, cheap meal. Yeah, there cheap meal. Do you know what? I, I don't necessarily like the idea of a cheat meal. Yeah. I don't because I, I feel like a cheat meal implies that I'm you know I'm cheating on my diet, for example. But I, I feel like the lifestyle that I live, I think that I think cheat meal is really rooted in diet culture. Yeah, Whereas yeah, great. If you live, absolutely. If you live a healthy lifestyle. If I want to go to, I don't know, Neat Burger and maybe have like a plant-based burger with something that I might not eat all that often, I never think, oh, this is a cheat. I'm just like, well, this is a part of my, my lifestyle. If I operate at a 90% or 95% whole foods and 5 or 10% of the time I just do whatever I want and maybe have some sweets or a vegan cheesecake or something like that, I'm going to have it with no, no qualms and no kind of regards for, you know, for thinking that, oh, I'm cheating on something. So, so yeah, I'd say... Cheat meal, maybe no, but treat meal. Yeah. Like, treat. like to treat. We all yourself. need treats. I like yeah. treat meal. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah that's we, such a good yeah. that's a good word. What would it. yours be, Bettina? If you can have a real treat. If I'm gonna have a real treat. Mm, I don't know. I'm I'm sort of I'm not I'm not like my husband's got a massive sweet tooth. Yeah, so isn't he? and yeah. I, I, I don't really. Me neither. So I don't know, like French fries. I love French fries, but it's not something that I eat every day. No. Mm. Um, I mean, I'm just, I'm just a massive bread fan. As you're, you, know. you love bread. I love I don't, bread. That, that's, that's exactly the. But thing. it's everyday it's like, food. It's not, it's not a cheat meal. No, yeah, it's not I a mean, cheat. Yeah, yeah. Like some people go and then they'll, they'll, they'll have like a, you know, horrendously greasy pizza, and it'll be like, oh my god, this is my cheat meal. I mean, I never do that though. No, I'm just, you I'm just kind like, of feel horrible. Afterwards. I know. I'm just well, like, oh, yeah, have some bread, lovely. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I never really like, you know, as I said, people go on these, you know, cheat meal binges and they go and eat a whole load of McDonald's or some other fast food Burger King. I, I tend to avoid it because I just think that that makes me feel terrible. I just don't, those yeah. foods, I don't actually really like consuming those foods anyway. You know, would I consume a vegan pizza on a, on a regular basis? Probably not. Would I consume like a neat burger, like a plant-based burger on a regular basis? Probably not. So having those foods every now and again... It's probably not so much a big deal, but I, I tend to steer away, steer clear of foods that I know aren't actually going to make me feel good. They're probably going to make me feel sick. Hmm. Um. I I couldn't agree more. I wanted to ask you what's what is next with wealth of health? Like, where do you see yourself, and what is what's the end goal of of what's everything that you're yeah. doing? I mean, I want to inspire as many people as possible. In mm. terms of, to, and really, to, really from a perspective of taking control of your health, because we know that society doesn't really, it's not really kind of geared towards, you know, encouraging people to take con- full control of their health, you know. And I think plant-based, plant-based nutrition is a good way to to start. Yes, there are other elements, you know, getting good quality sleep is a huge one. You know, making sure you're exercising and training and, and moving the body a lot, across different planes. That's another huge one. So I would say, you know, what is my aim? I don't actually really know what my end goal is, but I think the process along the way, I want to inspire as many people as I can on a huge scale, yeah. whether, that, whether that's continuing to do things on social, whether that's continuing to do things across other mediums like YouTube. I love speaking, so I, you know, I really enjoy public speaking. Um, so that's something that I've done you know, a little bit of in the last year. And you know, I think my, just to continue to add value and put that into the world, that's my focus. You know, whatever that looks like, I'm, I'm open to seeing how things um, you know, things unfold. I have a few targets. For example, I would love to write a book. I think that would be a really great way to... I was just going to ask you about yeah. that. Yeah, I would love to, you know, get... I think that would be a really great way to, to get my message across from a health and nutrition standpoint and really put some great recipes in there for people to really tap into the power, I think, that plant-based nutrition has. Um, 
so yeah, but I think it's all it's always important to um, you know to live in the present moment and live life fully. You know, I had a lot of in the in the last sort of year, I've had a lot of you know personal things that I've had going on. Um, so, and it's really kind of taught me to really just be present because you know life can go at any moment. Um, so I, I focus less on the outcome, but as opposed to the journey. Like every day, do I think am I impacting people? Am I giving value to people? Am I learning myself? Am I creating a community where people can be healthier? They can live better, live longer. If I every day at the end of the day I can, get, I can look at myself and I can be like, yeah, you're doing that, then I feel like I'm on the path to where I want to be. Oh God, yeah, it's inspiring. Amazing. That's I, a I TED talk right there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but it is. I think if we think of, only think about the outcome, and the outcome isn't exactly what we expect it to be, then that's mm. just you know, you're inviting um, negative thoughts there sometimes, yeah. aren't you? Yeah, you absolutely. Yeah. I'm very much into positive thinking and... And enjoying the, yeah, enjoy the process, and as you say. fear holds a lot of people back from, yeah. from moving forward. Yeah, 100%. Fear and also really wanting to control the outcome of everything. And this is something that I, I was like... Um, you know, for a number of years, but I um, I read a book and I'm sure you guys may have heard of it called The Power of Now. Mm. Yeah. So that book completely changed my perspective on pretty much everything about life in terms of all we have really is the present moment right now. Like all I'm thinking about right now is doing this podcast with you guys. I'm not thinking about like, oh, where's this going to go or have I got any other things going on or things like that. That, that, that will take care of itself. Mm. And focusing on that present moment consciousness allows you to, you know, really just enjoy the present moment and not think too much about the future because we always tend to create really dark and bad and fearful moments if we think about the future. You know, I think that's really strange because we're thinking about moments that haven't even, you know, haven't even happened yet. Exactly. So, and the past, we we shouldn't always, we shouldn't let our past dictate where we are in the present. You know, I think the past and future always have, you know, quite a detrimental effect on human beings. Um, And that's not to say that it's not good to be forward thinking. You know, I think it's good to be forward thinking somewhat, but we have this present moment where we can, you know, enjoy what we have. And I think that's what I really try and root myself in. Think about in this moment, am I encouraging people? Am I giving people value? Am I getting, am I being healthier myself? You know, and I want to just continue to, I think for me, the mark of success is inspiring other people. If I can inspire other people to be healthier, then my job's done. I oh, think that's a, well, you've inspired a, me today. <laughs> I think that's a great way of thinking. I think one of the one thing that's always sort of sat with me is to um, let go of expectation. Yes. Because you have got no idea what's going to happen, yeah, and you yeah. can expect something, and it's going to go. It, it, there's like thousands of different ways a situation can go into. Exactly. So if you walk into a situation or in life and you have no expectations, you'll be pleasantly surprised over and over again. Yeah. Whether it's positive or negative, and yeah. you take that yeah. learning yeah. And exactly you, and exactly. you sort of move on with life. I've got yeah. to. Say, I've got to say, I I do actually think I. I don't, I actually have no expectations of anything. Yeah, it's good. Well, that's good. It's a really good mean? place to be. Yeah, yeah, because I think it, what it does, you know, it doesn't set you up for failure. If we, yeah. if we really have an expectation of how something's going to go, but it doesn't quite fit that, we, you know, we then tend to think, oh, you know, we're out of control. You know, yeah. once we start moving out of control, we move into that state of fear. Yeah. So just live life. And obviously you want things to turn out a certain way, but if it doesn't turn out that way, then yeah. that's just how life is. And so many people are just waiting for something that's going to make them feel better, like the weekend yeah. or the holiday or, or, exactly. or this or that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they have all of these ideas in their head of how yeah. that's going to be. And it's yeah. never that. Exactly. So. You know, whether it's like, Oh, you know, I'm, if I, I'll be happy once I have money or I'll be happy once I'm in a relationship or I'll be happy once I've got X, Y, Z. 
And then you get to that thing, you've built it up in your mind so much, you get to that point, and it doesn't actually meet the expectations of what you thought it was going to be. So then you're on to the next thing. Yeah, so exactly. then that's how people avoid living presently. And, you know, because once you do that and you start to live for these kind of, these you know, goals or, or things in the, in the future that haven't arrived yet, you're robbing yourself of the joy in the present moment. So, yeah, absolutely. So yeah. And I think a lot of people live either in the past or too much in the future. And it's yeah. very, very important to be present. Although I've yeah. got another little thought about that. Because oh. I think I've gone so far in terms of just like loving being in my house and mm. my garden with yeah. my little cat and my, you know, and things like that. And then I'm thinking, well, actually, I've got to the point where I'm not actually looking to the future enough. And therefore, I've become completely ambitious. I don't know. I mean, I'm turmoil. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think there's... Uh, there's a balance to everything, yeah. isn't there? Yeah, yeah. And as yeah, long yeah. as you're aware, I think mm. yeah. you've got awareness and yeah. just a little thought awareness yeah. um, of of our of our thoughts. Um, so we're coming towards the end of our well, not not the end just yet. Um, I want to ask you about the worst advice you've ever gotten, and then we're going to end on a more positive note after that. Yeah. But I think it's always very interesting. We think it's very interesting because it's more too. fun. <laughs> mm, mm, the worst advice I've ever had. It's a hard one, I know. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to think if I've actually received any. Really, mm, um, well, I guess when I was um, trying to, because I, I had a I had a kind of experience of playing lower level professional football, maybe not at the level that I wanted to get to, but I guess you'd have people around you going, "Oh, you know." get a real job and this and that and I think on like a generally speaking that's just really bad advice because what is a real job you know mm. I think we've got into our minds like we have to go to work at nine o'clock and then come home at five and we've been re really rooted and kind of dragged into what society deems to be acceptable you know people have people are going to live their lives in different ways so to tell someone how to live their life one it's ridiculous and two I think it's probably more a case of it's more of a projection of the fear that they have to maybe want to actually go and chase the dreams that they have in their own life, but for mm. whatever reason, they don't want to go and, and, and kind of, you know, chase them. So they'll take the simple option. So I think, yeah, encouraging people to, to kind of give up on their goals or their, or their dreams or whatever, that's just terrible advice. I agree. Yeah. And on the flip side, what is the best advice you've ever been given? Uh, the best advice I've ever been given... I would say, I guess that wasn't from anyone who I know. It was probably from uh, Eckhart Tolle in the book, just to live presently, just to live in the present moment. I think operating on, on that standpoint, just I don't have any fear about the future. I'm like, whatever will happen is going to happen. I have no control over that. Yes, I can control what I can control. So, you know, being healthy and what the food that I put into my body and whether I go and walk and train in the gym, managing my stress levels, my stress response, getting good people around me. That is, you know, those are things that I can control. Um, so, yeah, I, I'd say, you know, being in the present moment and not really focusing too much on what, uh, what is going to, kind of going on around me is, is the best possible advice that I guess, yeah, Eckhart gave me. Thank you. Thank you so much for having a conversation and a chat with us. Is there anything that you'd like to say um, to end three, to end this um I don't want to say session, conversation. Conversation. With. Yeah. Um, three, three things that people can take away yeah. that are tangible and easy to implement into your life that doesn't have to cost anything. Yeah. Just three little golden nuggets for people to take away from this. 
Okay, so number one, eat more oats. That's the eat first more oats, yes. yes. <laughs> Cost effective, you know, blank canvas of food, you can do whatever you want with it. So number one, eat more oats. Number two is realizing that a lot of what happens in your health is ultimately your responsibility. Mm. You know, and you can take you can take full control of that by what you put into your body. So that's you know, getting a multitude of different plant foods into your diet, making sure you're training regularly, making sure you're, you know, learning, keeping your brain ticking over, making sure you're getting out and managing those stress levels because we know, you know, life can be stressful. Um, so yeah, just realizing that healthy is a personal responsibility and ultimately is determined in the majority of cases. Of course, there are cases where, you know, that gets taken out of our hands, but in the majority of cases that is determined by the habits that we stack on a daily basis. Um, and three, in terms of those habits, if you're moving, if you're new into, you know, trying to achieve a healthy lifestyle, whether that's plant-based or plant-focused, take it one step at a time. It does not have to be the full home run. You can make sure that you, you know, take those little steps, whether it's, as I said, one meal a week, one day a week, you know, just slowly build up your repertoire of recipes and don't focus on the outcome, but focus on loving the process and that will get you there eventually where you need to go. Such good advice. And so doable. Yeah, it's definitely so doable. What thank a pleasure, you. Jeffrey. Yeah, yeah thank, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. No, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much for listening to What the Catcher. I hope you've enjoyed our food conversations and please do have a listen to the rest of the episodes to hear more brilliant stories about everything and anything to do with food. And a big thank you to our sponsors, Doug Drinks. Don't forget, you can also get 10% off anything you order from their website, which is dougdrinks.com. Just use the code WTFDUG10 at the checkout. And please do give us a five-star rating if you've enjoyed this podcast. It really does help spread the word. And if you'd like to follow us on Instagram, you can find Bettina at Bettina's Kitchen and myself at Rebel Recipes. Thanks so much for listening and we'll be back soon.